Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Let's get right into God's Word this morning. We started the series on the person, and we started the series on the work of the Holy Spirit. And we don't want this just to be an intellectual thing. We don't want this just to be a a head knowledge thing. We're trying to teach you things, how you can experience on a day-by-day walk with the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, listen very carefully, active. The Holy Spirit as well. I had individuals come to me this morning, and they, they sensed when we were teaching on this here that there was an aroma that has been coming into the church, and it's fresh flowers. It's an aroma, a fragrance that's pleasing to God. Amen? Uh, encouraged by that, but nevertheless, we need to know who this person of the Holy Spirit is. And when Jesus left, he was not leaving them as orphans. Just like it's a very sad day for myself personally, and I know many others, but it's a rejoicing day that uh, my friend Pastor Mark is just finishing up his service today. And he's moving forward now to the missions director for South America, Central America, and the Caribbean for the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. Amen? And so he's moving forward, but it's a very challenging day for a great extent as we see that his time has come to an end and he's got to move forward. Amen? So we pray for the saints at Parkwood in the transition that things would go well. Amen? And amazingly, the man that's in there right now that's taking is Bill Marlon. We've known Bill for many years, and Bill was the one that hooked me up actually with the superintendent today, David Wells, so looking forward to connecting with him. But Mark has been a part of our life. Mark has been a mentor to me. He's been a friend to me, and he's been my accountability partner. When my pastor told me that he says, you know, I have a relationship with you from a distance, but he says, you need somebody local. You need somebody around that you can connect with. And so he told the the leaders that he's over that. And so I prayed, and that's when God hooked me up with Mark many years. And here we've been all these years, speaking for them tonight over uh, just sharing a few things with them on the city pastors at the banquet tonight at the Kubota Club. So we're just very honored. But how many know that church is in transition? So the disciples were also in a transition time because Jesus was leaving and they're saying, gee, how can you do this? How can you just leave us like this here, you know? He's listening. I'm not leaving you as orphans, but he said in John 16, he says, it's expedient. It's of necessity that I go away from you because if I don't go, the comforter, the counselor, John 16, 7 in the Amplified, the comforter, the perichalesis, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the standby, the strengthener. He can't come unless I go. So he says, it's to your benefit, it's to your advantage. How many know they were saying over there, okay, I, I gotta have, a God, we want you, Jesus. We want you to be with us. And Jesus is saying, listen, he's with you right now, and you know that, but when I go to the Father, not only is he gonna be with you, he's gonna be on the inside of you. And how many know there's a diff- big difference but somebody with you but somebody that's living on the inside of you. So he was preparing them for this year, and we're gonna finish up the last two aspects of this year, of the strengthener in the standby now, and then we're gonna go right into being led by the Spirit. I'm gonna talk to you for a minute of the Holy Spirit as our strengthener. Now, have you ever been in a situation where you just felt you couldn't go any 
further. Mm. You just felt you could not go on. You know what? We have to understand. We do get to those places and those times in our life where we feel like we just can't go another day. We can't go another step. We can't handle this any longer. And yet it's a situation or circumstances that we need to press through in. You know, many women will attest to this when they were uh, giving birth to a baby. How many during that labor time, as it got more intense, you felt like, I can't do this anymore? You know, I mean, you can't quit then, right? But, you know, you got to keep going, right? And, uh, and so it's kind of like that. And I remember when I was um, uh, putting together the woman's home and, you know, the few years prior to us opening up the home, there came a point where it was just getting so difficult and there was so much pressure I felt on me and I really felt inadequate. I felt like I, you know, I'm not sure what I'm doing. And obviously when you're doing something and you're not sure, you're going to make some mistakes. And I remember getting to a place and, and I was actually in the hospital. I wasn't, I got sick and I was in the hospital and I was like, I got to a place I, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this. That's what I was saying to myself. And you know, when we get to those places, and we all do, if we're doing what God wants us to do, now sometimes we may be out of the will of God, and then you don't have the grace or the strength to do something if you're not supposed to do it in the first place. Or, you know, sometimes the season will end for you to do something, where, you know, you do something, but the season's over, mm -hmm. and God gives you the strength and grace to do something during the season you're supposed to do it, but when you're no longer supposed to do it, you're not going to have the same grace. It's kind of like grandparenting, you know. You don't have the same strength to take care of those grandkids like you did when they were your kids. You can take them in shorter periods of time, you know. <laughs> you have you have it, you know, but if you need to do it, God'll give you the strength to do it. So, you know, it's it just depends. And so, you know, we need to understand. I remember calling out to God, God, I can't do this. I don't have the strength, but God help me. You know, Come God on. help me and God gives you the strength to do things and to go on. But we need to start in the little things. For example, you know, some mornings, even some Sunday mornings, I'll wake up and I'm thinking, I'm too tired, I don't have the strength to get out of bed. Have you ever had those mornings? Yeah? Come on. Nobody in here, Kat, they're all. You know, sometimes, you know, when you got to get up, and you're, you know, maybe you were up during the night or something happened and you didn't sleep well. And then you think you wake up and you cannot get out of bed. Like you just don't have the strength. And we got to understand there's two truths. There's the truth of the situation you're in, the, your reality, what's going on in your life. That's, there, it's truth. You know, you are too tired. You don't feel good. You know, you may have all these things going on. But then there's a greater truth. And the greater truth is that the empowerment of God is on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you and he will give you the strength to do what you cannot do without him. And I can't tell you how many times I wake up in the morning and I really don't feel like getting up or doing certain things and I have to say, and I literally lie in bed and said, Holy Spirit, help me get up. Help me move forward. And then once you get going, you're fine. But you need that extra strength and that extra boost. And you may be in a situation in your marriage. And I believe there are some people here today that you're in their marriage and you're saying, I can't keep going. But God doesn't want you to give up and quit. And he will give you the strength that you need to keep going. Maybe it's in your job. Maybe it's with your kids. You know, there's situations right. and circumstances that we find ourselves in sometimes where it is hard. 
and you have trouble pushing through, but God will give you the strength to push through through his spirit that you need so that you can keep going and keep doing what God has called you to do or the responsibilities that may be on your plate. Now, I believe we do have to seek God regularly and make sure that the responsibilities on our plate are the responsibilities we're supposed to have on our plate. Because some people take on things that they shouldn't because they can't say no and they don't put proper boundaries up in their life. Mm -hmm. And then they end up crashing and burning and they don't, you know, do good for anything. And so, but God will always give you the strength and empower you to do whatever it is you're supposed to do. But you have to call on him. And sometimes it's taken one step at a time. I remember when my late husband died and I know there's people here that you've lost a spouse. And and when you go through that kind of grief, (laughs) especially, you know, in the earlier uh, months, it's so hard to get out of bed and go on. And you really do have to rely on God and his spirit to help you press through and keep going and move on. And God will give you, he'll go step sure. by step, day by day. And sometimes you got to go hour by hour. It can be that way with addictions. It can be that way with so many things in our lives. But we have the spirit of God that will give us the strength and give us the power that we need to take the steps we need to take and keep going one day at a time. But we have to trust in the strength of the Spirit in us. You may not have the strength. And I want to read this. And I love this scripture. In fact, there's actually two scriptures I want to read really quick before I turn it over to Pastor Rick. But Ephesians 3.16 says this, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, not the riches in this world, but his riches, to be strengthened with power through his spirit into the inner man. So that strength is going to be coming from the inside of you. And it's going to strengthen you and just give you that little extra push you need to keep moving forward and keep doing what God has called you to do. Now, sometimes God will put people in your life that will also <laughs> help right. strengthen you, and, and he, but he'll put those people there. But this scripture here, we, there's a scripture we all love to quote in Philippians 4.13, but I want to start at reading Philippians 4.10, and then we'll get to 13, because this is the circumstance that... Um, We have to understand that scripture was quoted for. And this is the Apostle Paul. And Paul was in a bad place. Just like if you see the movie, you'll see he was not in a good place. He was down in a dungeon with a death sentence on his life. That's not a good place to be. You know, it's not a good place to be. But he was relying on the strength of the Spirit of God on the inside of him. And he says this in verse 10. He says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. So he's talking to the church and he's saying, I'm, I'm praising God that you're concerned about me. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. So in other words, he's telling them, I know you're concerned about me, but I realize you did not have the chance to help me. Mm-hmm. Not that I was ever in need. Wow. Now he's making another statement. He's in a bad place. And he's telling them, you know, you wanted to help me and you couldn't help me. But I was never in need. For I have learned, and this is why he wasn't in need, to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. And I have learned the secret, and there's a secret, and this is what the Holy Spirit will help you with, of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. So here the Apostle Paul saying, I, right you know, there. it's okay that you couldn't help me because I really wasn't in need. 
because I've learned the secret of how to live my life. And it doesn't matter whether I have a lot or it doesn't matter if I don't have anything. It doesn't matter basically what the circumstances of my life are. And that's what he's saying. It doesn't matter. He says, and then verse 13, the one we love to quote, it says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. So in other words, you know, he's talking to the church and he's saying, but I have learned to rely on his strength. No matter what circumstance I'm in, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can quit that addiction through Christ who strengthens me. I can love my wife through Christ who strengthens me. I can respect my husband through Christ who strengthens me. I can keep going even when I want to give up and quit through Christ who strengthens me. I know that God's going to meet my need through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't matter if I have to put one foot forward, one foot after the next. I'm going to call on the Spirit of God because He is my strength. He is my helper. He will get me through. I will break through in him. We need to call on the Holy Spirit and the little things like getting up in the morning or maybe doing a workout or, you know, resisting some temptation. And we need to be able to do those little things because then we'll have the strength and to call on him and the faith to trust him when the bigger things come our way. Turn in your Bible, if you will, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse number 10. In the New King James, very important. I want to show you this here. This is Paul. He's saying, finally, he's coming into conclusion of everything that he has written. He's going to talk to you about the whole armor of God. So he's bringing it all in. I'll never forget the day my dad called me up one, and he said, listen, I want to meet you at the big boy. Uh, That's where he went for breakfast every morning from 8 o'clock, usually to about 10 o'clock, and he'd have his buddies and his friends over there. And he says, I want want you to come over this one morning and there was things that he shared with me that had been were imparted to me that day that were deep on my dad's heart we didn't know that he'd be dead within five months afterwards but there was things on his heart that he wanted to share with me and that day that he did they were instructions well the apostle Paul is doing very similar to what my dad did he's giving them the final instructions and this is what he said finally my brother come on be strong what It's easier, listen very carefully, easier said than done. What God is saying is be being. It's a progressive tense of that word. It's not just the past tense done, but it's an ongoing presence in our life. Because many of us as individuals, we want to be the ones in control. Oh, that went over very, very well. Both male and female. Come on now. We want to be the ones in control. And God says, be strong In the Lord, this is by the Spirit of God, and in the power of His might. In other words, what He's saying, it's not going to be your authority, it's not going to be your ability, but it's going to be in me that you're going to find your strength. That's why the writer in Zach said, let the weak say, declare it, speak it out. I am strong. Amen? And you look at this all the way through the epistle, you can see the Apostle Paul, you can see the writers over here of Thessalonians, you can see Peter over there 
operating in this and speaking about this strengthening, speaking about this infusion, speaking about this empowering of the grace of God inside their life by the work of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Thessalonians 2.16, New Living, now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope. He said, may he comfort you. Look at this here and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. So not only, listen very good, is it what you do, but it's also in what you say. So what is he doing? He's giving you the strength to now decree the things, to say the things that need to be said. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let me tell you, start speaking to yourself that you're a champion. Start speaking to yourself that you're more than a conqueror. Start speaking to yourself that you're an overcomer. Start speaking to yourself that you're the head, not the tail. Start speaking to yourself that you're above and not beneath. Start speaking because you can only start speaking and decreeing as the downpouring, as the empowering of the Spirit of God and the grace of God is released on the inside. It's going to be that grace. Listen, the Titus chapter 2, 11 says, the grace of God hath appeared on all men, teaching us to deny ungodly. There's a lot of godly poles today that are out there, but the grace of God will teach you to deny ungodliness, to live soberly, to live righteously in this present world, looking forward to the blessed hope and appearing of God our Savior. That's the strengthening of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. When you feel it's all over, how many know it's just another page getting ready to be written? When Job's wife, listen carefully, when Job's wife went through hell and she didn't lose five kids or one kid, she lost ten kids. In one storm, her whole family was washed out. Their whole livelihood of their crops and their, and, their, and their cattle was wiped out. And everything. And then her husband is sick. He's got boils. And the whole story lasted nine months. Everybody say nine months. Man, there's a whole message on nine I don't have time to get into. But it speaks about the old life now being crucified. And the new life is the number nine coming forth. Jesus died at the ninth hour of the day. Can you say amen? Cornelius was visited at the ninth hour of the day. Jesus gave up the ghost at the ninth hour. Nine is very significant. And what happened at her? After nine months, God turned everything that was south, everything sour, it all turned around. And it mentions her daughter's name. And the first one was Jemima. And Jemima literally means... One day at a time. Come on. She recognized, Job, it's time for you and I, buddy, to get back in the sheets, get back in the tent, because we're going to start building our lives again. We're going to have a family again. And guess what? They went on and had 10 more kids. And God restored everything that they lost because of the strengthening of the Spirit of God working inside of that family there today. A different perspective, but you go and look at it. She's now my heroine in the Bible. Amen. And then we're going to talk about the spirit as our standby. And, you know, standby just means what it means. You know, have you ever had somebody, they're standing by you to help you when you need help. And, you know, that's what our ushers do. We have ushers assigned to us, and they're our standby. So when we're, you know, coming down the halls or going through what we have to go through, you know, and just whatever, getting ready for the services and um, whatever we need to do, they stand by to help mm. us so that our job is easy. And they, they just make sure that everything flows well for us and, and it all works out for us. And that's important. How many know we need help sometimes to have somebody there to assist us when we're busy and when we're doing things? And so, you know, it's important that we understand you have the Holy Spirit and he is, he's standing by, he's on the inside of you, but he's also your standby.
In other words, when you need help, he is there to help you. The problem is so many times we don't utilize that help that is available to us all the time. Now, I'm one of those people that I'm often trying to find things. And, uh, you know, like I'll maybe misplace my keys, but it may not even be that. I could be in the kitchen, you know, doing, uh, putting together a recipe. And I know I have something somewhere, but I can't find it. Have you ever been there, ladies? You know, where you're, you know you have something, but you, you don't know where it is. And so a lot of times I'll find myself, I'm searching and searching and searching for it, and I can't find it. But then I remember, I have a standby, you know, Holy Spirit, you know where it is. Show me where it is. And when I pray that, most of the time I find it. If it's there, I'll find it right away too. It's amazing. Like and I could have looked for half an hour. But when I call on him, all of a sudden it's there. That happens a lot in my purse too. You know? <laughs> the standby works overtime in our house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really have to, you know, I really have to rely on the Holy Spirit because I, I get distracted and I lose things a lot. Like I'm always putting things down and forgetting where I put them. And so I can't tell you how many times a day I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me. me Not only too. for things I lost, <laughs> but also, you know, I might be going to make a phone call. And I say, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me. In this phone call, put a guard over my mouth. Help me say the right thing. Give me wisdom. Whatever it is I need, I need you to help me in this situation. And so there's so many things. And, and it could be maybe you're in a situation where, again, this is not only do we have strength, but you have to ask the Holy Spirit. He's there. That's if right. you don't talk to him, you're not going to hear That's him. Right. He's not going to act on your, your behalf. God said he has not left us alone. We are not alone. He is in us. He is with us. He is there to show us and help us whatever it is we need. Whatever it is we need. It doesn't matter. He's there. But we have to cultivate and practice that. Practicing his Try. presence. Practicing being aware of him. Calling on him when we need him. And trusting in him and having the faith that he's going to come through when he says he's going to come through. You know, I remember, I'm going to tell a different story than I did in the first service, but... Um, Quite a few years ago when I was pastoring in Mississauga, um, we were renting a un some units behind an Ikea store that was um, just in Mississauga. And so behind the Ikea store, there was a bunch of units. And we had two of them that we were renting side by side for our church. Well, our lease had come up and um, they weren't going to renew it because they were going to be expanding and they needed the whole property. And so we had looked and searched because we were running an ACE school at the time. We had a church, you know, services. We had offices. We had all this stuff. And we were trying to find a place, but prices had really gone up, and we were having trouble finding something we could afford. And so we spent like a month looking, and we weren't finding anything. And we only had like another week or two, and we had to move out. And nothing had come up. We could not find a place. And yet something in me, like I, I was praying, and I said, Holy Spirit, you know, we need your help right now. We need somewhere to go right away, and we have nowhere to go. We have to move everything out. We have nowhere to go. And, um, and it got to, a couple days went by, and it was like, I think it was Thursday. We had to be out of there the, by the following Monday. And, um, and I was just, again, you know, you get under that pressure, right? We're, okay, God, you know, where are you? You've got to come through, you know. But I started praising God and thanking him because I knew he was going to help us. 
and I was praising him, and then it just happened that day, a pastor dropped in to, to visit me, and this pastor I hadn't seen in a few years, and he was actually a, a pastor that I, in the Alliance Church in, in Mississauga that I had used to attend years earlier, and he had heard that we were pastoring a church, and he found out where we were, and he just happened to drop by. And so he asked me, like, how's everything going? And I said, well, everything's going great, except that we got to move out of here in a couple of days, and we're, we need a place to go. And he said, you can move into our church. You can have our entire basement, and the only thing you can't do is Sunday morning services, but you can do everything else. And, and it was easy to rent a place just for Sunday morning services, because you could get in a school gym, and, which we were able to do. Back then. But, uh, but we ended up moving the whole school in. But God came through at the last minute. But he just happened to walk into our building at that time and, and had the church available to us. But that ended up being a twofold thing. Because once we got in there, there were some things going on in his church that, you know, needed help. He needed help with, and we were able to help him. And, and, but God came through, and, and God really came through in a big way. I, I can't go into all the details of the whole story, but it was just amazing what God ended up doing through that whole thing. But here, we were in a situation where we were like, what are we going to do? And God sent somebody at the right time that had the solution for us and, and met the need that we had at that time. And I've had so many experiences like that. So he is our standby. He is there. You know, we need to every day talk to the Holy Spirit, you know, ask him, you know, he's our counselor. He's our helper. He's our standby. You know, he's our strengthener. He's everything that you need is what he is, but you need to listen to him. You know, because he also, and we're going to get into, and this brings up what we're going to now, is we're starting out talking how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Be led. How to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit tells you not to do something, and you go ahead and do it, you're in trouble. You're going to have a lot more issues to deal with. And now, I, can't, I won't say he won't help you through the process of getting out of it, but you will have some consequences. And so we need to understand that, but, you know, wherever you're at, maybe you made some bad decisions. Maybe right. you're in a, in a situation that you know you, you shouldn't have got yourself into, but you're in it. He's still there. But you may have to do some hard things to get out of it. He may ask you to do some things that aren't easy. But remember, he's your strengthener, right? Remember, he will help you. He'll give you what you need to get through whatever it is you got to do. Let's turn in our Bibles, if we will, to the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse number 16. And we're going to read this out of the uh, New Living Translation this morning. I want to just break this down for you so you can see it. But how many have had a GPS in your car? Come on. In your phone? How many use them? How many would say, for the most part, they're very beneficial? I've only heard one negative thing about a GPS, okay, that it took a person into a lake one time, okay? And it's like, I don't, I don't know if they were following. I don't know what was going on there. You know, and is there anybody here that argues with the GPS? Come on, just, just raise your hand. You argue with it. I mean, just be honest. Kathy will tell you, you know, I don't know why you have one, she says. So you just argue with that thing, and then I really get a buzz when I proved it wrong twice. Okay, one time we ended up in Hamilton in, a, in an abandoned parking lot building in a not the greatest area in the city. I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's Kath. Okay. So, and it wasn't anyway, so, and we had the right address and everything in. And I'm only saying that because inside of every one of us, when you got born again, GPS. 
And that GPS, instead of saying what it is in the natural, how many know it's, it's global positioning system? Okay, and what does it do? It's connected to a satellite. Um, I don't have the data in Canada, but I know in the States, they have 24 satellites up there that takes care of all the GPS stuff. And every one of them is downloaded, it's connected. But how many know if you're not connected to the satellite, how many know it doesn't work? And what can happen? You could just roam and roam and roam and roam, and that thing would just spin and spin and spin if there's no connection in there. And that's why a lot of people, they just roam in life. They just go around in life, but they're not connecting. And so the satellite that we're speaking about is the Holy And so I'll say it as God's power source is the abbreviation that I'm giving you. It's the navigation system that is in the spiritual realm. I mean, you you can't see the waves that is the connection point with the satellites up there. You can't see them, but how many know you plug it in, you hit it, and how many know it connects, and then once it connects, you can put any address in, you can put the whole thing up, but how many know you need to keep it updated? How many know with God's power source, you don't have to worry about update, because he always was and always will, amen? He, he's God out there, amen? And, and how many know the Holy Spirit is also there as the standby, as Kathy just shared? But this is what I want to bring out there. God has a global positioning system built inside of every one of us as his sons and daughters, but if you're not connected to the satellite, it's not going to work. In the same way, if you're not connected to the Spirit, you're not going to be able to guide your life. Instead of roaming about here and there to search for the exact road, why don't you just type in the destination and then let the guide tell you which way to go, amen? Now, I don't know about you, but in a, in a, tonight, I'm going to be over with my friends Garth and Mark and Brad, and, and we're going to be over at the Kabodo. And, and if, I know anything about, uh, if I know anything about my friends, whenever we get together, they like food that is sweet, Brad goes to the bulk food store and he gets these chocolate gummies. Okay, the sour ones and then the chocolate ones. And, and, and understand, I, I don't eat a lot of sugar. But after I go there, after I've been with my friends, there's a craving that comes up for sugar. It's like I'm in my own house and I don't have any of those things in my house. But I ignited something inside and I want those gummy bears. But it's one in the morning and the bulk food isn't open. And it's like, what I'm saying is there's an appetite, there's a craving. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? You eat the wrong stuff and then you get the cravings afterwards. Now, I'm not faulting my friends. I have a choice. Amen. I could say no, but it looks really good, tastes really good, and I really like them. So in my mind, I justify. I'm only with them once a month, so it's okay, you know. But anyway, so here we go. So look what happens over here in Galatians chapter 5, because you're saying, what are you talking about? Gummy bears and chocolate, okay? Okay, because everybody's going to rush out and go to the bulk food, okay? Brad asked me one day, he says, you know, he, he says, we're having the prayer meeting over here in Lakeshore. Can you, can you come? I says, yeah, I'll come if you bring the gummy bears. And so, listen, all our people were there, we're all over there, okay? And guess what? All the gummy bears are all in the front row. He had bagfuls on the front row. So everybody that knew me all came up and got them, all right? Okay. Galatians 5, 16. Okay, look what it says. I say then, look what it says. I got to switch out of this translation, okay? In the new Everybody go ahead and read. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, and then you won't be doing, come on, what's your sinful nature so so here's the amazing thing i mean no the sinful nature is still there 
And if you feed the sinful nature, how many know it's going to start craving? If you're into porn, how many know you fed your sinful nature? And how many know it's not going to be satisfied with the hit? It's going to be, it's, it's a craving that's been ignited. If you've allowed your temper to flare, that's a craving. And, and, and it just doesn't know when to say no. Come on. And this works with anger. This works with lust. This works with perversion. This works with all matters of life. So it says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just, come on, the opposite of what, what? Does it, has anybody ever felt like there's a fight going on inside you? And it, come on now. It's like, take the boxing gloves. See who's going to win. I mean, it's like this side's pulling you this way and this side's pulling you that way. The one part's saying sleep and the other part's saying, no, it's time to get up. And the other one's saying, oh, they eat. And the other one's saying, no, you don't need that there. And it's it just going on and on. Anybody besides Rick have this here going on inside? So he says, in the spirit gives us desires. The word desires craves that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So there's something, listen, of the fear of God that we crave. There's something in for righteousness that we crave. There's something in for holiness that we crave. There's something the Holy Spirit gives us for forgiveness that we crave, for love that we crave. These are cravings, desires that the Spirit of God gives us. These two forces, come on, are constantly, what are they doing? Fighting each other, okay? So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Keep going right down. But when you are directed, come on, by the Spirit, when you are led by the Spirit, when you're guided by the Spirit, another translates when you're controlled by the Spirit, another one says when you're yielded by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Now here's the thing. If you're not under being led by the Spirit, how I many know if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law of Moses? Guess what? If you're not, guess what? That law will point you back to the one that can save, that can deliver, that can set free and get you back on track. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. In other words, Paul's saying this, he said, listen, there's no question about it. There's going to be results. So how many know that if you crave sugar and you just have a sugar addiction, come on, then guess what? Over a period of time, that thing is going to have results inside of your body. It's going to have results in your bones. It's going to have results in your muscles. It's going to have results in your brains. Yeah, your brain, okay? Brains. Every, but there's more than one here. Your brains, okay? Actually, if you want to be technical, we have two brains. You have the brain that controls your human body, but you also have a brain on the inside of your heart. And medical has picked that up now. There's another brain. So that's really good. I like staying there. Okay, okay I know. I got to keep moving. Okay. So when you... <laughs> okay, everybody say, when you follow the cravings, the desires of your sinful nature... Hey, guess what? That means it's still there. The results are, come on, very clear. Now there's going to be no question about it. What's number one? What does that mean? You're crossing lines that you know aren't good and aren't healthy for your life. Whether it's somebody else's husband, whether it's somebody else's wife, whether it's pornography, whether it's lust of the flesh, whatever it is, you've crossed the line in the area, immoral, and let me just tell you something, regardless of what, what they 
dictate up there in parliament, there is a right and there is a wrong. Amen? Good preaching. Thank you, Pastor Rick. We love you. Okay. Okay. Sexual immorality. So hang on. If you're feeding it, you're going to buy the gummy bears. You're feeding something. Okay. Sexual immorality. Come on. What else? Impurity. Now, here's what it is. Whatever you feed is what you are going to become. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you, 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 you know, you feed all deep fried foods, you're going to have belly fat. Get mad at the belly fat, scream at it, yell at it, smack it, do whatever you want. Ain't going to change it because it's there, but you put it in. Come on, guys. Maybe this isn't the best illustration, but what are you feeding on? You feed on TV and they go and program you to a belief system. And then you come to church and you hear 20 minutes, an hour message, and you've been feeding this all week long. They say, ah, well, that's probably not right anyway. You know, he's just mouthing off. And, uh, come on. Because what you're feeding determines what you become. Impurity. Come on. Lustful pleasures. Look at 19. Anything. You, you know, I, I heard this here from Tony Miller just this week. I was listening to one of his tapes. And he said this here. Whatever in your life that you don't fill with God it becomes a dysfunction in your life. And I'm like, did I just hear that? So if God isn't in there, it becomes dysfunction. Look at our culture. Look at our society, how it's shifting today. Why? Because they're taking God out. And it's becoming more dysfunctional. And it's like, yeah, that makes real sense. Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, always fighting. You can't wake up. You know, the Bible says contentions only come because of pride. Yeah. It's either one or both. It's usually both. Come on. Because yeah. the other's taking the one by the ears. We'll leave that for another one. <laughs> Quarreling, jealousy, always suspicious. Then outbursts. That I means just snap off, just snappy all the time. Crummy. You know. And then selfish ambition because it's all about you. It's not about others. It's not about you. It's about it's all about me. Dissension, then divisions, always divisive, always pitting this one. Come on, envy, come on. Drunkenness. Drunkenness. You think you could just go out on Saturday night and just go ahead, just go party, just going drunk, and just that? Woo, I'm going to church tomorrow. Woo, woo. <laughs> you could come to church, but you're going to be there a little bit down, a little bit hungover. Then you're going to hear Pastor Rick and say, man, I don't like that. I feel condemned. Well, let me just tell you something. If you're living that way and you don't feel condemned, you're a reprobate. Come on, you do feel condemned. You know, this is teaching today. I don't get it. I, I just, forgive me. I studied 16 weeks at Bible school, but probably put another 600 hours into the book of Romans over my lifetime. And, and I just don't get it that, that your conscience condemns you when you're doing something wrong. And then I'm hearing teaching that tells you there's no condemnation because you can just live fleshly, live carnally and everything else and you're not supposed to feel wrong. You're not supposed to feel bad. You're not supposed to feel guilty. So smack your wife, beat your wife, go and get drunk, go and do porn and don't feel bad because the preacher said there's no condemnation. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Read that in there in line. Boy, I feel so much affirmation right. Wild parties. 
and other sins. We don't want to hear about sin today, but the Bible tells us apparently either there's even other sins, so envy and drunkenness and wild party, these are sins. Hotheads are sins. Immorality is sin. You know what I've learned? The generation today doesn't even know what's right or wrong anymore. Let me tell you again, as I've told you before, anyone living that life, that sort of life, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Go ahead. I could go on for another hour. I mean, it's just just reading the Bible. Let's all stand up. And uh, we're going to continue on next week. Or actually, next week's Easter. So we're going to be teaching newness of life. life. And uh, and then we'll pick up after that on how to be led by the Spirit. Throw some of that in, too. But um, (laughs) praise God. Go ahead. to share, and uh, we're excited. But you know what? I, I will say this about being led by the Spirit. You know, I'm going to ask Jack. Can you come up here for a second? Sure. Okay. And, uh, and Pastor Rick, come back here. I want to do one really quick little illustration. Okay, I'm the flesh, Jack. I know this is okay, coming. Okay, so Rick, Rick can be the flesh. Rick can be my flesh, and he can be the Spirit. Okay? So both of them are going to turn and walk in opposite directions. So do that. <laughs> okay. Now, if I follow the spirit, I can't do both. If I'm too busy following the spirit, I'm not going to be following the flesh. But if I follow this flesh, I can't follow the spirit. And sometimes we're try- I could be standing there trying not to follow him. I'm just trying not to follow him. I'm roaming. And I'm just trying not to follow him. But I'm not <laughs> focusing on following him. And so eventually I'll give up and follow the flesh. And so that's what really we have to understand that, right? And so when we're busy following the spirit, we won't follow the flesh. It's not that complicated. But we make it complicated. And we're so focused on our flesh, we don't focus on the spirit. So we need to focus on the Spirit. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you as we come here before you, Lord God, with these elements. We thank you for the bread of life that you have given us, that we are the body of Christ. And you have given us the Spirit of God, your Spirit, to inhabit us so that we can follow after you and not after our flesh. And you died. You laid down your flesh. Come on so that we could be raised in newness of life and follow after your spirit. So we take this bread with gratitude and thanksgiving that we can follow the spirit and not our flesh. In Jesus' name. And Father, help us to crave the things you crave, the godly cravings, righteousness, peace, oneness, unity, love, forgiveness, Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, kindness. Help us to crave those things. God, bad illustration maybe with the gummy bears chocolate. But people understand what I'm talking about. So God, help us to cut the feeding off in our lives of the flesh and start feeding the spirit. Very, very simple. So just as we look at the blood, you say, Jesus, you cut the cord of the flesh 2,000 years ago for my life. And I don't want to go back. I don't want to park there. I don't want to become a product and produce fruits of the old man. 
But I'm asking you today for a craving to pray in tongues. A craving for the pure word of God. A craving for communion with your spirit. A craving for faith. A craving for the supernatural to be demonstrated in my life to break everything off the old and cling to the new. Let us partake. How many learned something today?